<laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that, that represent balance, but I don't think any of them can represent the importance of having good balance than um, this particular video that I want to show to you right now, okay? And, and uh, let's just go ahead and watch this. You guys rock. Listen to that roar. There's some wind. Nick, if you get a chance, give it a bounce one time so I can watch the reaction. That's a tech guy speaking in his ear. The other voice that you'll hear the rest of the way out is actually Nick Walenda. Right, it's nothing too erratic. That's what I was looking for. Well, except for that voice. You guys watching think I'm crazy, but this is what I was made for. There are an awful lot of people down there, Nick, cheering for you. I know you can hear it. Oh, yeah, I can. It's, it's amazing to hear that roar. It's pretty unreal. Pretty unreal. What an incredibly beautiful city at night Chicago is. Absolutely beautiful. You know, I live in the beautiful city of Sarasota, Florida, and train at an amazing park named Nathan Venerson Park. And I'm so blessed to live there. And for all of Sarasota supporting me, you guys are amazing. How's the grip, Nick? It's awesome. Good. You're a, you're a genius. <laughs> How, How your, awesome is that? How are your fingers holding up? Good. 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 So good. the next one's going to be blindfolded, but... This guy's rock. What a view. That's a long way down. You guys did it. You got this thing up nice and tight. I'm coming. Let's see if I can run. Well, maybe I hit the edge of the building. There we go. Praise, praise God. God be the glory. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, how many of you are sitting there saying Jesus had nothing to do with him doing that crazy thing? <laughs> That's what some of you are saying. But, you know, I got a little inspired. <laughs> I thought, you know what, if Nicol Walenda can do that, if that's what he was made for, maybe I might be made for that. Or maybe you might be made for that. Is anybody out there made for that? You don't think so. And so I thought, you know, I asked somebody to go ahead and put up a wire for us in here. They put that up and they said, you know what? I think I, think I could do that. I mean, if Nick can do it, then I ought to be able to do that, right? You, you guys aren't really cheering me on. There was a lot more noise that was happening for Nick as he was there over, you know, and, and cheering on such like that. I mean, you, you heard we said, so, so I thought, you know, we just, it's just, you know, it's just a rope, right? So just kind of pull this back a little bit. Here we go. Get up here. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not quite. Yeah, he mentioned something about tightness. I think his crew did, made it very tight or something like that. But let's see here. I'll just... It was Rob. Rob put put this up. Rob, you really put this up good. Yeah. So if I come down, all right. Uh, yeah. There, he's. Oh, you know what? Nick had something that helped him. What was that that he had? Oh, balance. I almost forgot the balance pole. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. This is going to make all the difference in the world, right? Got me a di balance pole here. I want to turn this thing around without smacking anything. All right. So. 
Now, if I have one of these, that'll help me walk across that wire, right? Across that rope. <laughs> but just get up there. I mean, that's all Nick had. He's practiced it. <laughs> I got to practice. Well, you know what? Robbie didn't take into account that this was going to hit the wall. He hit the building. So if I take this up there and try to get on there, should, how many of you think I should give this thing a shot? <laughs> Let's hope it's louder the other way. How many of you think I shouldn't give this a shot? Okay, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I was telling somebody I hoped that she would talk me out of it. <laughs> but the point is that I want to make is still the same. Whether I get up there on that rope and I walk across it or not, there are certain things that have been taken into place, that's been put into place, that's been put into motion for Nick to be able to walk and to do that which he says that he was made for. He's got a gift, first of all, and that is that he's not afraid of heights. A gift might even be craziness. I don't know. Has <laughs> anybody got a gift of craziness in here? Come on, raise your hand. Identify yourself. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some people doing some crazy things. They got in this slingshot thing down on a Florida vacation. Raise your hand if you've ever been on a slingshot before. Yeah, okay, some of you others. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Sit down at the bottom and this bungee thing throws you up in the air hundreds of feet and you're just free falling. Yeah, I've seen, I won't tell you what I've seen when it went wrong, but anyway. So here is this pole, but, but you know what? This pole really is important to what is helping Nick to stay there. And he actually deals and talks about it. His, his uh, friend, his uh, technician, asked him, he says, how is the grip? You know, I don't know if he was talking about the grip of the, ro the, the cable that was there, or the but it appeared that he was talking about the grip, and he said, asked about his fingers. And Nick, you would think, well, my goodness, it's hard enough to walk across a thin little rope and not to fall off, and then you've got to worry about carrying something with you. But sometimes the very things that we look at that become inconveniences in our lives are actually the things that help to bring balance to our lives. And over the course of the next number of weeks, we're going to address and deal with some issues concerning the necessity of having, having balance in our lives and how that balance should be displayed and seen in different ways to help us to grow up and to be the church that God wants us to be. And I'm letting you know right now that not everything that we're going to talk about is going to be easy. Say it's not easy. <laughs> Sometimes there's some things that God asks of you that is not easy. Actually, there's many things. Because there's actually a place in Scripture where he says that, you know, um, uh, things you should consider pure joy when you're experiencing all kinds of trials. And you're thinking, what? I, I, I'd really want to be relieved from the trials. And, and it's, it doesn't often go that way, though. He says that the trials will help you to get to a place of perseverance, which is a testing of your faith and will strengthen you. And it's so important that we realize the importance of balance. Some people hear that word balance and they automatically go and they, their minds go towards compromise. I'm not talking about compromise. We're talking about balance. Helping you to get to where you need to go. Do what you need to do. There's some things, some, some, uh, things in life that happen when they get out of balance. How many of you ever had a tire that was out of balance before? 
What happens with that tire? Yeah, it makes this rumbling noise, right? Bouncing up and down, you know, the road and finally, you know, might even be destroyed and, and cause an accident. Um, I've heard it said that if you lose your big toe, that you need to learn to walk. It's not that it's impossible, but you, you, you or you're even you're outside of your, your little toes too because there's bones there that help you keep balance. But you will, it's be very hard for you to keep balance and be able to walk if you lose your, some parts of your toes or your big toe especially. It's really important because 75% of your weight distribution happens with your toes. Isn't that amazing? So balance is important with your toes. There's this condition that some people have experienced called vertigo. Anybody ever experienced vertigo before? <laughs> yeah, and there's different causes and such for it, but, but there's also these kind of hair-like fo um, follicles or hair-like substances, th things that are in, in your ears, and there's fluid that's in there. And, and, and I'm not any doctor, but as I've tried to read up on it and discover, there's, there's these little crystals that's in your ears, and, and if they're not in the right place, and they attach to the wrong things, and all of a sudden, things are real dizzy. If you get up you know, too quick, then you're, you're, you're kind of falling over or you, you can't, your head's spinning and such. And, and, and some people have vertical so bad it makes them nauseous to where they're losing their cookies and such. I mean, not a pretty picture at all, right? Yeah. Um, checkbooks. How many here likes to balance checkbooks? Some of you like it, all right? That's because, guess what? You don't like an unbalanced one, right? <laughs> you don't want to make the mistake of writing a check out of an unbalanced checkbook because, guess what? You could basically make some huge uh, mistakes all right here there's a here's a saying <clears throat> never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life it's a statement of balance some people just are wanting to make as much money as they can and they end up missing out on life work 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 build up all the savings all this type of retirement to only get to the point where you have no health left you have no strength left you don't want to do anything but just kind of sit down on a couch and watch tv <laughs> work so hard it doesn't make any sense to miss all of life no balance in life i have some buckets here these buckets are um just filled with a substance of a similar weight. And this bucket right here is a five-gallon bucket. Pastor Amy, bring me up that other one, if you would, please. Get up here. I'm too short for people to be able to see that. But can you lift that? Oh, yeah, he can lift that. All right. Just, <laughs> just kidding. All right. All right. Yeah, look at that. Uh-huh. Give him a hand, all right? <laughs> yeah, they leave right there. That's good. So here's the deal. This bucket that I'm carrying has got sand in it. And while it's not, a, you know, an undoable amount, I mean, I can go ahead and carry this bucket of sand, but something happens with my, my posture when I'm carrying this bucket. Can anybody see that? You know, and, and if I keep walking like this for too long, it basically is going to mess me up a little bit, all right? It's going to get things out of alignment. And believe it or not, a key to me being able to walk straighter is to pick up more weight. Now, go figure, right? You're like, what? More? But what actually happens is when I have both, I'm able to carry both at the same time. And obviously doing this for too long a period of time, that's not healthy for me either. But, but to, to walk along in a straight manner with equal distribution of the weight is going to make me into a healthier person and have a healthier posture rather than just walking from one side to the next. Balance is really important for us in the world in which we live. 
And this particular subject matter, the issues that we want to deal with, is balance within the church. A balance between the strategic and the spiritual. Here's what I want to say that again, all right? We want to have a balance between the strategic and the spiritual. You have some notes. It's blank spaces on there. Go ahead and write that down because I want you to, to know that, all right? It is really important that you understand how God will use the natural things in this world and add to it his spiritual touch, his spiritual influence that will take the ordinary and turn it into something useful, something supernatural. But he chooses to work of all things through us. Look at your neighbor and he chooses to work through you. And and here's the thing. You probably are just like me, and you're a crackpot. (laughs) Any crackpots, any earthen vessels in here? (laughs) Yeah, we all are. And I want to give to you a a, a passage of Scripture. It comes from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. We're going to read it together. It says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now here is what he says. He says, we are hard-pressed at every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You see the comparisons that are happening there? One bad thing is happening, but guess what? It hasn't totally wiped me out. We are always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. You have to carry the death in order to have the life. You have to have balance, right? For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. In other words, I might die promoting the gospel so that you might be able to live, promoting balance within the kingdom. That whole give and take thing is a little bit hard to, uh, to, um, to experience, especially when you're the one who's on the giving end. Amen? You heard the one about the, the, the breakfast and, the, and, the, and the, the chicken and the egg, or the chicken and the pig are having a conversation. Talk about, you know, we want to go ahead and do something special for the farmer who provides food for us on a regular basis. And the chicken says what? I'll provide the eggs. And he says to the pig, you go ahead and provide the bacon. There's a little problem with that, right? One could drop them out, and the other one has to give their life for it. And, and you know, you, you look and you have this conversation with people, and, and sometimes it's real easy to look at other people and, this, and to compare what they're going through to what you're going through. And sometimes we, we, we get in this position where we want to start to say, I want your life and not mine. We look at other churches and say, I want your church style, your church way. I want things that you have. And we get in this comparison. But you know what? There's balance. It's so important for you to realize that God is not ever unaware of what's going on in your life. And if something bad is going on, the Word of God says that He's working and will use that bad thing, bad thing for your good. He will do something with what you got, with what's happening to bring good. You're just like, whoa. That's going to have to be a lot of good in order to make up for all of the bad that's been happening. How many of you can identify with that? But guess what? God's not lacking in good, right? God's not lacking in what he has to have in order to put But here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. I've got, let me hear, here a little jar. A little pottery action here. 
I don't know if they meant to make it sideways like that, to sit like that. I think it was. Uh, or, or, or not. But, but someone might look at that and think that that's imperfect. It's not going to be able to hold as much as if it had a plat, flat bottom like that. But it doesn't matter because here's what it says in the, the scriptures. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show us that the surpassing power is from God. And we can read in another passage and find out that his spirit has been put within us. That's what makes us special. These earthen vessels is because of a spirit put in us. And, and the, the, what I'm trying to point out to you here today is that there needs to be a spiritual action as well as your natural intention, your strategic action in order to be everything that God wants you to be. You can never do it on your own, but God's just not going to come into your life, wave a wand, wave his hand, and say, there it is, it's all done for you, you're everything I want you to be. There's this part, there's this balance in our life where we have to recognize He will use you, He will use, He will give us everything that we have need of to become what He wants us to be. And there's not anything more important, I would say, than for us to become or have an understanding of than when it comes to the love of God. So we're going to take off from this particular passage and understanding, all right, that we're hard-pressed on every side. There's all kinds of things that go wrong, but guess what? It's not going to wipe you out. It's not going to do you in. And really, the Apostle Paul says there's a reason for it. There's a purpose in it. This bad stuff that's going on in me is so that good stuff might be going on in you. It might be going on in the kingdom. How many can say praise the Lord? Come on, you ought to say praise the Lord, right? But we come, and, and this area of love is really important because... John, in John he says, God is love. How many of you think that if, if God is something, that that ought to be pretty important to us? It's the very makeup of his fiber and his being. It, it, it describes him in totality. Because everything that God needs to be can happen through love. But I want you to see something that happens here in love. And we're going to talk about some simple steps to find balance, alright? But I want two verses for you to take a look at. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now that's not the, the end of that, that verse, but I just want you to, it's, it's kind of the premise. And we know, we know what else happens here, that if we believe that he is the son and, and we'll have everlasting life and you know, on and on. So that's what it says. But then down in, in 1 John 2.15, he says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Now how many of you see a little bit of a, at least a conflict or somewhat seemingly contradiction there? God loved the world, and he gave his son, his only son, for it. And then in John, 1 John 2, oh, by the way, you're supposed to be like me, but don't love the world or anything in the world. Now, now there's not any contradictions within the Bible that cannot be explained. Let me say that, okay? I, I mean, that God can't explain. Not that I can explain them all. But God is a one true God. And he's got some things that's going on. And, and let me say, he is not meaning to confuse us here, but he's meaning for us to have an understanding of the balance. And, and I can clearly, and for most of us here, it doesn't take a, a whole lot of education for you to understand that one is taken you know, out of context if we apply it. And, and what he's talking about loving the world here is he's talking about loving them so much, their soul, okay? Where this one here is speaking about loving the world and loving the world's values, and he's speaking to mankind. And he says, you know what, that's not the kind of love that you're supposed to have. And so that, that's, that's a quick explanation. But still, it's important for you to understand balance. Just using this as a, as a, as a simple point here, okay? We need to understand that God has got a plan for us. And, and he says this in James chapter 1, verse 22. It's not any, there in your notes. I don't have it on the screen. But he says, Do not merely listen to the wor word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it say, says. Write that down, James 1, 22. 
For 20, verse 23 says, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who intently, uh, looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. How many of you want to be blessed? <laughs> Guess what? You need to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. You feel that balance? You feel that tug of war? You feel that, 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 that that's going on in your life? You need to be hearers and doers. Now we've got a lot of people who just want to be listeners of the word. A lot of people who just want to say, you know, feed me, feed me, feed me, give me something more to eat, right? Without recognizing that it's, it will do you no good and can actually make you sick or unhealthy if all you ever do is listen and never do. You need balance. Balance is messy. And so the question I have for you is this. How do you show love for one another? Or maybe you should have phrased it this way. How do they know we love them? Now, there's a couple questions we have to ask or answer with that particular question. Who is they? Because I really don't like speaking in those particular terms, but for the purpose of this message, uh, we're going to do that. Because they is the people who have not yet come to understand that I love them. It could be anybody. It could be the people in the church. It could be people outside the church. It could be, you know, your neighbor. It could be, the, you know, uh, anybody that you come and meet. But how do they know that you love them? I think it's an important question to answer. As I said before, balance is messy. Love is messy. Did you know that even blame needs balance? Let me explain it. Even blame needs balance. Now, I would love to be able to tell you that every time that Val and I has ever had a discussion that's led to an argument or a disagreement, that, you know, I was right every single time. And, and I would be right much of the time. But anyway, but no, I would love to be able to tell you that. She, she, she's left. She's not here. She's doing ministry somewhere. But the fact of the matter is, is that until I'm willing to accept my responsibility for what went wrong, in our discussion, maybe I'm right about the subject matter. Maybe I'm right on the point. But somehow, someway, when there's an argument, somehow, someway, when there is anger and there is this ferocity or the ferociousness that happens within us when we have a disagreement, I have to accept responsibility for whatever goes wrong. I have to accept blame. I, w I would love, once again to be right all the time. But guess what? You're not right all the time. I'm not right all the time. I, I love to hear other people say that they love individuals. Those words, when they come out, produce a life-giving force that changes the direction of people. When you tell your, your little ones, and you start very early, and you tell them, I love you, I love you, I love you, and somehow they get older, and, and you, you say that, and, and, and you say it again, and sometimes they're looking at you kind of weird, or, or you know, because you've said it for so many years, and, and it, it, they're kind of looking at you like, all right, not everybody's saying that now, Dad. <laughs> not everybody's saying that now, Mom. All right, don't make, why would love, why would this most selfless expression of love ever get you to the point to where you wouldn't want to hear it? except that there's some undue pressure from outside world or outside influences that are trying to muck it up. Amen? I love you. And when the enemy, I love to be able to tell people this, and when the enemy tells you otherwise, when we disagree on strategy, I invite you 
into my world or I want to come into your world and help us to understand things. It's so important for you to realize that, listen, that if God is for us, who can be against us? And who is God but love? God is love. So here are some ways in which I think that we should communicate love. I believe our talk should communicate how much we love. Ephesians 4.15 says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We need to speak the truth in love. Now, there's something that, that happens when it comes to speaking the truth in love, and that is that, that there is this fear of being true, too truthful. Someone has set you up before when they've came up to you and they've asked you, how does this look on me? Right? How do you like my new haircut? Uh, you know, you know did, did you like how I did today? <laughs> and your answer to either one of those questions may not be exactly what they want to hear in that moment in time. How many of you know sometimes people ask questions and they already know what the answer is that they want to hear? <laughs> right? Yeah. Happens to us all. And, and, you know, instead of speaking the truth, we have this fear to be truthful because guess what? We might offend somebody. Or maybe we have a fear of communicating too much love, especially when it comes to people who are doing something wrong. We think, you know what? I can't say I love you right now. We think that somehow love is, is supposed to be something that affirms actions. And the thing about God is that love doesn't have anything to do with actions. Love has absolutely everything to do with his character. Love has absolutely everything to do with his condition about what he has. It is an undeniable, unconditional love that can't go away no matter how good or bad you are. He can't love you anymore because you act more good. And he won't love you any less because you act bad. But our talk needs to communicate how much we love. We need to be giving life-giving statements to people on a regular basis that reassure and reaffirm love even when they're not doing what we agree with. How many of you would agree with that? Raise your hand. Okay, only about 15% of you, okay? All right. I, I mean, to, 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 to be able to say that you love somebody to use your words on a regular basis our talk should communicate it you know here's another area that i think should happen our attitudes slash emotions should express how much we love how many of you know that your attitude affects your emotions <laughs> if you have a bad attitude going into a confrontational situation your face will have a hard time not showing it don't, I mean, there might be some good posers in here, okay? But you know, for, uh, it, just give it a little bit of time and something starts to wear down. Because we are what the Word of God says. We are people, and this kind of goes to the last point. He says that out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks. When you love, guess what? The love will come out. Someone says to you, and I, I, I'm, I'm going backwards a little bit, but, but someone says to you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. How hard is it to get over the words that people say when they try to say, I didn't mean that, when we understand the word of God that says otherwise? It's tough, is it not? That's why our words are so important. But, but these attitudes, our attitudes and emotions, they should express how we feel. But you know what? It's difficult to get our words and our actions to line up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you will say one thing, but be meaning something totally different. Go ahead and watch this little commercial with me, all right, if you would. 
this my car? State Farm knows that for every one of what? those moments... This is ridiculous! There's one of these. Is this my car? What? This is ridiculous. This can't be happening! This can't be happening. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. Shut up! Shut up! That's why State Farm is there. What a day. With car insurance for when things go wrong. What a day! But also here with car loans <laughs> to help life go right. State Farm. <laughs> I want to leave that in there for a bit, okay? Not because I want to advertise for State Farm. I have nothing, you know, to do with them. But anyway, just to help you understand, is that not, though, where God is at? He, he says, I want to be there for you regardless of what's going on in your life. When things are going wrong or things are going right. And guess what? You may use some words to describe a situation, all right, that may sound like the same words coming out of someone else, but you mean something totally different. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder how that affects our attitudes. I wonder how it distorts and changes how we're supposed to be because we're looking for balance. And here is how I believe God thinks that balance will come, all right? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and through 18, I'm not going to read the whole passage there, but you just go ahead. I, I didn't put it on the screen because it was just basically too much scripture, and I want to skip around in it. But um, he says this. He says that in, in verse number two or verse number 1, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Now we're talking about how do they know we love them and the balance that we're supposed to have, even to people who are doing things wrong. And he goes on and he says, this is what I want more than anything else. I'm, my joy in you will become complete when you become like-minded in this. Don't you think that if he says that, that we ought to figure out what he's talking about? That we ought to be like-minded in the way in which we speak to people? And I believe taking on this attitude, the one that Christ took on, would help us in that. So verse number five, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider, all right, um, something... Let me back that up for a minute. There we go. Something did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Say nothing. <laughs> Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And after that experience, the Word of God says, and then God exalted him and lifted him up. Can you think of two further extremes? Can you think of, of, of things in two, two different places of power being made manifest? One submits because of his attitude and says, I can be, I am the greatest force that this world has ever known. I am the creator of everything. And I've made these people, and I love them so much that I am going to humble myself and bring myself even in submission to their flimsy desires. I'm going to suffer at their hands. I could wipe them out at any point in time, but rather than doing that, I am going to serve them. I'm going to pay for something for them. And he goes and he suffers at the hands of his own creation. But his attitude wasn't wrong. His emotion wasn't one that says, yeah, I've got to do this because the Word of God says I have to do this. 
He grabbed people on a regular basis and he brought them to him and he spoke words of life. When he spoke about death, and I can't see his face because I wasn't there, but, but his words speak. Listen, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. He's, he said, these things have to happen so that, guess what? You can be able to have life. I can be exalted again to the right hand of the Father. I can send my spirit who will be able to be with you even when I'm gone. And It's amazing what things he says that he will do to bring balance and to help us with our attitudes and help us to check our emotions. Listen, there are some things that's going on in some people's lives. It's real hard to put a smile on. I'm not telling anybody to be posers here today. I'm telling you instead to take captive the thoughts that make them obedient, that, that, that try to come against the, the knowledge of Christ. I'm telling you to recognize that when the enemy comes hard against you and tries to tell you that there is no way out, that you need to remind yourself that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I'm telling you that your attitude will begin to change when your mind starts to think and ponder upon the things of God. When you come to the understanding about who you are and what you deserve, I don't deserve this, all right? I don't deserve life, but guess what? God has given it to me. Third thing is this. Our giving should demonstrate how much we love. Our giving? Yeah, what, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 15, once again, too much scripture to be able to have, but just write that down there, and you know, let's go back and look at it. But I want you to see here that when we're talking about how do they know that we love them, they know that we love them by how we give. And the Apostle Paul gives an example of people who are sacrificially giving in 2 Corinthians there. Verse number 2, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Now, can you think of anything that is at more opposite ends of the spectrum than to have an overwhelming joy and extreme poverty? Do those two things sound like they go together at all? No. But because someone was willing to grapple, someone was willing to grab a hold of that imbalance and go out on, on a limb, then guess what? They were able to do something that they otherwise would not be able to do. That's what God would have for us to do. And he says, out of this particular place, they moved along and, 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 and they had a desire. They, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. And they urgently pleaded with an opportunity to be able to give more. I, 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 that's just one area. How do people know that we love them? By how we give. Giving financially is one thing, but how about giving of ourselves, giving of our lives, giving in service one to another? You know, the reason that we have growth track, the reason that we're taking these what's next steps for us is so that we as a church can all be fully equipped to be able to carry out the duties that God has given to us, the assignments to become missional in these last days. And I hope that at the end of this growth track, as all of you go through it, we got one month, by the way, to go, okay? One month before the all-church campaign. I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, you could continue to go through it, but I really, in the beginning of, of May, all right, next week on May, May and, and the first Sunday of May, come on out. It's going to be week, step one all over again, all right? Now, Wednesday will not be. There's four, five Wednesdays in, in uh, May, so we'll start on the, on the second Wednesday in May for the, uh, the first one in that particular step. So it kind of gets it a little bit removed, and that way if anybody misses any on the growth track, they can go ahead and catch up, all right? So, but this is so important that we would realize that we discover our purpose and that we could be serving together. For those of you who have been in the body of Christ, been part of Central for a long time, you ought to be jumping up and down. 
You ought to be so excited that, you're, you, you, that we are trying to create an environment where everybody is on a serve team. Because serving is the attitude that Christ had. You ought to be excited because maybe you've done it for so long and you wonder when somebody else is going to come in and stand beside you in doing ministry. Well, guess what? Now is that time. Now is that time in which we will do that. There's something else that's going on. I just want to just kind of give a little uh, uh, shout out for this because this is important. We have some people in our fellowship right now who give in this particular area that I'm going to speak about on a regular basis, sacrificially of themselves, give of their life so other less fortunate individuals can have the care that they need. And it's in the area of foster care. And, you know, we've got some people who have received awards. We've got some people who receive uh, commendations and such because they, they sacrificially give of themselves so that somebody in a hurting situation, some kids who need care, can receive that. And there's something that's taking place coming up, and, and you haven't heard much of it, and, and, but I want to go ahead and give it a, a little bit of a info on that right now. So there's a little commercial I want you to have. And hear what's happening in our community. Hear about the statistics of what's happening and why we need to be people who give. That's how we know how they'll know we love them. I'd like to tell you the story with some significant numbers to our community. 13,000. There are 13,000 kids in the Michigan foster care system. 600 here locally in our part of West Michigan, Ottawa and Muskegon counties, there are over 600 kids in foster care. 322. As of today, there are 322 kids in Michigan who are waiting to find a forever home. Some of them have been waiting for years. I've been a pastor for 17 years. I've read the Bible. I've prayed for my community. I've been to countless classes and Bible studies. But six years ago, my life changed significantly because of one child. He was two years old, and he was the first foster child my wife and I ever took in. For the next 18 months, we walked beside him through birthdays, Christmases, and special events as part of our family. For those months that he was here, he was one of us. And getting to know him changed my heart and changed the way my family and I see the world. As a foster and adoptive parent, I see the impact a stable and loving home can have on a child who needs it. As a pastor, I believe that the church should lead the way. Not enough. That's how many homes there are in our area, able to take kids who come from hard places and just need a place to belong for a little while. But what would it look like if there were so many homes and families willing to take in foster kids that when an agency needed to find a place for a child, they could actually pick and choose a family that was exactly the right fit? What if there was never a crisis about where to place a child because there were so many of us ready and able to meet the challenge? Over the next five years, there were 29 more kids placed in our home. Some stayed a long time. Some of them even became full members of our family. Some stayed only a short time, but each one left their mark on our home and our family. Saturday, May 6th, we are hosting an event that will help you to get to know foster care and adoption in our area. You will hear from some amazing local families and local child welfare agencies will be there to connect with anybody who wants to take some next steps. I invite you to come and get your questions answered. This isn't a high pressure uh, sales meeting. Nobody is gonna tell you that you don't love Jesus if you don't adopt four of these kids. 
The fact is, you might be a person who can't directly foster or adopt, but you could support those in your church and community who do. You might be an encourager, a respite care provider, a driver, a helper. I invite you to come and get more information about what it all looks like. May 6th at Norton Pines, 6 to 8 p.m. We'll have free food and inflatables for the kids to play and stay occupied while you get to know some foster and adoptive families who can share their stories. An RSVP isn't required, but it would help a lot, so you can RSVP or get more information at kidsbelong.com. Thank you. How will they know that we love them? By giving of ourselves. By giving of our finances. By giving of our time. And then the last point is this. By giving of your prayers. People ought to know that we love them because of our prayers. And so tonight, I'm inviting you to come back and to join us in a service that's going to be totally focused on praying for our nation praying for us that we'll be successful in making an imprint within this community. An imprint that will be undeniable. This week as we were coming back from Birmingham, we found ourselves stopping at some friends of mine in a a church and met some other people that that were there and was part of a a prayer meeting just for a short period of time. And they invited us in and felt like we were there's just to lay their hands and pray on our team, Pastor uh, Ann and, and uh, Pastor Dana and myself and Val. And, and um, we were there, and, um, and God just began to speak through these people about the plans that he has for Muskegon and Central Assembly of God. He began to, they, various people, began to read our mail and speak words of hope and life into us through prayer about what God is going to do, what He's going to do through this church to reach and touch. And so many of the things that they spoke about will only happen as we struggle with the tug-of-war and with the balance that is necessary in order to keep us in scary places. You're like, what? In other words, there are some things that God's going to be calling you to do that's going to be a little scary, a little intimidating. But he is going to give you the equipment and the resources to be able to be exactly what you need to be. And that ought to put an excitement within you. That ought to put a hop in your step. That ought to, you ought to realize, guess what? It is intimidating. And, and right now, I'm not sure if I want to carry anything more. Pastor, I, 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 want, to, I want to just have there to be things a little easier than what they are now. I wish I could tell you that that was going to be the next thing that was going to happen. But many times, things don't get easier first. Many times, instead, you need to just keep on grabbing the hard stuff. And you'll be coming down into the middle and saying, you know what? I believe that God has called me here at this particular time to make a difference in someone's life. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me, if you would, please. They're going to play a song. And it says, what a beautiful name I he is. And when you think about that name, the name of Jesus, lots of people that just like a name, but not, not for God. The name of Jesus is what a Savior. 
think of Jesus as the conquering king. When you say his name, Jesus, all of hell shudders. And I'm not sure what needs you have in your life. I'm not sure what balance needs to be had in your life. I'm not sure what struggles there are and how you maybe feel out of balance, what things are out of balance in your life. But I'm telling you today that when you speak the name of Jesus, you do things, you do whatever you know to do, but then you call out Jesus and that supernatural intervention comes in and he brings balance in your life. That's what I'm praying for you today. And maybe there's some people here today and, and you're saying, Pastor, I feel really out of balance. I, I mean, you, you said I'm supposed to speak a certain way to show I love. You said I'm supposed to, you know, um, I, I'm supposed to have a, a good attitude. You said, God, you said that I'm supposed to be this place where I'm supposed to pray and I'm supposed to give. And I'm just having a hard time right now. Things are just so chaotic and dysfunctional in my life. It's, it's hard for me to do anything. And I am going to lift my hand and say, I need supernatural intervention right now. And you need not think bad of yourself as a result of that, all right? Whoever you are, wherever you are. But you're saying right now, there's some things going on. I need some supernatural intervention. And some of you are lifting your hands right now. You're that serious about it. You're that serious right now. You're lifting your hands. I need supernatural intervention right now to bring balance in my life. I need to love more. I need to learn how to give more. I need to learn how to have a faith, more, more faith. I need to, to get rid of the, the bad attitude and get the good attitude, whatever it is. I need to pray more. You put your hands down to whatever it is. God sees that. He knows right where you're at. I want everybody to stand to your, your feet in this place. Here's what we're going to do. You raised your hand for that, and God knows what that is. He's the one that can make a difference in your life. But here's the key. You've got to believe that He will. When you stretch your hands towards Him in the next few moments, and someone else... All right, puts their hand on your shoulder right where you're sitting, all right? When you're that serious, you say, you know what, I need supernatural intervention. Then you've got to say, I've got it. You've got to go out of this play and say, place and say, I see it happening in my life, the supernatural intervention of an almighty God, all right? So I'm going to ask you to do it one more time. I'm going to ask you to be brave and to lift up your hand if that was you. I need supernatural intervention. I want people around you to look and to see right now. When you're standing up, you go to that person right now. Put your hand on them. And I want you just to come into agreement and begin to pray. We're going to believe for a, a corporate gathering. God to work and to move and to work in your situation right now. Now, this is serious things. You don't have to know what it is, all right? Maybe you feel led to find out. But you put your hand on somebody and you begin to pray for supernatural intervention. Is everybody with somebody? Right now, in Jesus' name, I, I hope that there's nobody's got their hand up. Look around again. Make sure that they're, everyone's got praying with somebody. Heavenly Father, Jesus. right now, in Jesus' name, we recognize you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in just a moment, we're seeing what's one time through about what a beautiful name, what a beautiful answer, what a beautiful solution that you are to what is going on, the chaos and the dysfunction in some of these lives represented here. But we unite together in faith and we declare right now that you will be lifted up. That in the midst of this deathly-like experience, in the, in the midst of what's going wrong, in the midst of what's difficult for whoever is being prayed for right now, that you will come in in just the right moment, in the right time, in the right way, and there will become a hope, there will come joy, there will come completion. Their Lord will become that place of peace. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now in Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Come on, you begin. Just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.